Welcome to 40 Days of Community. Anybody want to ask me if I'm excited? I am uh, more than excited for what I believe God is up to. And let me tell you why we're going to do this. One is this is going to connect us to God in a very strong and in a very profound way. It is based on the biblical truth that we find in the Scripture. Another reason we're going to do this is going to connect us to each other. Perhaps in a way that we've not been connected in a long while. And love for God always exercises itself how? Love for each other. Another reason we're going to do this is going to help us connect to our community. And acts of kindness and acts of service. And it's going to open a door for us to be able to share the amazing blessing that God in Christ has given each and every one of us. But here's what I know. You can't impact your community unless you are community. And I want to know this. How is the world going to know that we're the community of faith? How are they going to know that? How are they going to know that we are the people of God? Is it because we're going to sing real loud and they're going to hear it? You think that's it? Is it because we've got 40-something groups and people are getting in Bible studies and it's really cool? And you think the community is going to know that? You think you think that it's because of some program that we've got in the church that they're going to go, hey, those are the people that know God. Listen to what John 13, 34, and 35 says. This is the, the upper room discourse. This is the last time Jesus was with his disciples before he goes to the cross. He says, a new commandment I give you. Help me out. Love one another. And as I have loved you, so you must love. He puts a standard on it. He puts a measurement on it. He puts a guide to it. So you must love one another. And then he says this, by this and this alone, all men, implied women and children are going to know that you're my disciples and they're going to know that I'm God if you what? If you love each other. But here's the deal, friends. We have got to be in community for this to take place. Everybody said See, here's the rub. As Americans, we love our independence, don't we? We founded our nation on the declaration of the favorite song of many people, Frank Sinatra. I did it. That's pretty good, wasn't it? What do you think? Don't quit my day job. Okay. Somebody is not very nice up here. See, here's the only problem with this spirit of independence. God didn't create you for that. In fact, he puts you in the family of faith. Not as a bunch of individuals, but as a, a unit. 1 Corinthians twelve twenty seven says it this way. You, plural, are the body of Jesus Christ, and each one of you, singular, is a part of it. Now follow me. We need each other. Yes? It's the way God designed. It's the way God arranged. And friends, I'm going to say it again. We're in a crowd here today. We're not in a community. And I think if we're going to be effective, if we're going to be effectual, if we're going to be the people that God wants us to be, it's going to be because we live interdependently and not independently. In fact, I think this, when somebody gets a big award, like the Heisman or an Oscar, they normally stand in front, and what do they do? I got here on the wings of a team. And team is an acrostic for the fact that everybody together, everybody accomplishes more. 
I want to thank my teammates. I want to thank my coach. Same with an Oscar. I want to thank my coach. I want to thank my cast. I want to thank my family. I want to thank my spouse. See, those people understand something. We are better together. So you've heard the proverb before. If you want to go far, go how? Go alone. No, I just said it wrong. I got all excited. If you want to go, (laughs) if you want to go fast, go what? Alone. If you want to go far, go what? Thank you, thank you, thank you. And again, here's one of my favorite verses, Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. Paul says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints. That's how you get there. Together, that's where the power comes from. To grasp and be grasped by how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and that you may know this love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. How full is that, everybody? It's about that full. You know what the key is? Together with all of the saints. It's not going to happen living independently. It only happens when we live interdependently. So listen to what Paul said to the church in Rome. Chapter 12 and verse 5. He says, so in Christ, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all of the others. You want to know why we want you in life groups? That's it. You with me? We are better together. That's why last week when we set the stage in Exodus 19 for a movement from God. How many of you believe God's going to move this new year? It was preceded by Exodus 18 where he said, get the people down into increments of 10. Because unless we're in community, we're going to miss out, friends. So here's my favorite analogy. Follow with me. You've heard it, but it's good. You're walking through the woods and you hear a faint cry and it's distress. What do you do? You stop. You hear it a little bit louder. What do you do? You, you cup your head. You, you, you angle your ear. And, and you realize it's coming from over there. What do you do next? Your feet start walking. Your hands start pulling. You're in the woods. All of a sudden you come to a clearing and you see somebody drowning. And they're going down for the last time. What do you do now? You jump in. And you kick, and you pull, and you breathe, and you watch, and you listen, and you kick, and you pull, and you breathe, and you watch, and you listen, and you grab that person right as they're going down the last time, and you snatch them out of the jaws of death, and they are literally saved. And you bring them back to the shore, and they're revived, and they go on and live happily ever after. Big question, which part of the body was the most important part in the saving experience? Help me. Say it again. Every single part. You are who? The body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And each one of you is what? A vital, vital, vital part of it. And when we live in community, friends, we are more effective. We are more effectual. We go further. We accomplish more. Because we are better together. You believe that today? We're the family of faith. We're the body of believers. And because we're better together, I want to lead you now through some truths that are very, very important. The first one is this. I need other people to walk with me. Do you? Yes, you do. 
I'll remind you today that life is a journey. It's not a destination. And in the journey, you need people with you. What if I said this? There's a longing for belonging in the human heart of every single person made in the image of God. That's why God created you to be in a family. That's why God made you to be part of a faith family. He made you to be in something bigger and more than yourself. That's why he gave you friends. And even at the creation, in Genesis 2.18, he said, It is not good for man to be alone. I did not create you to be that way. This is a universal truth. John Donne, one of the great authors, said, No man is a, an island. I'm telling you, friends, we are better together. And then complicate this with the fact that we're such a high-tech culture. We're so connected, we're disconnected. You know what high-tech needs? It needs high touch. You agree? People need, want, there is a longing for belonging. And I'll say this, number one problem in the world today is aloneness. You don't believe me? Go to a bar. There is a longing for belonging in every single person's heart. That's why they're there. Oh, they may like alcohol. I'm telling you, they're there to belong. Go to a sports event. And I got my gear on, and I got all my friends, 40,000 of them, right? You tell me that's not a longing for belonging? Go to a CrossFit competition. That is a church, friends. My niece is in it. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. Go to a Harley Davidson rally. Pull up on your Harley anywhere, and ten more Harley guys will come out, and what? You are instantly connected. There is a longing for belonging in every single person's heart. You know where they ought to come and get it? Right here. But I promise you, you weren't made to travel alone. You need others to walk with you. I need others. When I was in high school, I used to play football. I still got a little bit. What do you think? A little, not a lot, a little. I'll never forget young man Eddie Kelly came out for football every year. Eddie was bust from the other side of town. I lived during the days of segregation, and they were. Eddie was big as a pencil. On a good day, to follow, I loved Eddie. He couldn't bust an egg if he tried to. You know, he came out for football every single year. Anybody want to help me know why? He belonged. And he was part of the brotherhood, and he was part of the team, and he was part of the fellow. I'm telling you, that is the longing of the heart of all people. And the reasons we need somebody to walk with us, i got a few. One is it's safer. If you're going down a dark alley, and you're not really sure where you're going, what do you want with you at that time? I want Joni. I'm like, she'll take care of him. Isn't that true? It's safer to travel together. Two are better than one. When I was a kid, I hate to confess this, I was scared of the dark. I used to sit in my bed and yell, Dad! Two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. Dad, i got to go to the bathroom. When I got to be 26, he said, you need to stop doing that, Tom. <laughs> All I wanted is what? It didn't change anything except I wasn't alone anymore. And I could go to the bathroom, and I was brave, and it was awesome. It's safer to travel. It is more supportive to travel together. It keeps me from giving up. It makes me want to get up. Amen? That's why people train together when they're going to run a marathon. You don't train by yourself. 
you know Troy and Tara Nelson are down in Disney running some un- unbelievable amount of miles, <laughs> and they're doing it together. Because I don't think they could do it if it was just one of them. And, and friends, we need the support of other people. Why do I ask you to sit close? That's why. Why do geese fly in a V formation? There's more support. 71% more efficiency, on and on and on. Another reason it's good to walk with other people, it's smarter. Many hands make what? Light labor. Shared pain is what? Half the pain. Shared joy is what? Twice the joy. I'm telling you, it is smarter to do life together. It's smarter to make a covenant and and be in a group with other people. In fact, I'd say this, it's stupid not to. Because you got blind spots, and I got blind spots, and we got blind spots. Listen to what Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And I'll tell you how you do that. Let us not give up meeting together. That's how you spur each other on. As some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day of the Lord's return approaching. Here's what I know. We're closer today than we've ever been. Wow. Are you ready? If you're living independently, I'm going to tell you, you're not. Because God made you to be part of the body of believers and part of the family of faith, friends. And community is God's answer for aloneness. I remember when we were in Dirt, Jersey, in our first church. Uh, Joni and I went to the mall one day. And uh, the mall there is a lot bigger than the mall here. Okay? It's huge. And we walked in, you know, that little in-between space where you walk in and there's kind of, and then there's another set of doors. And there up against the wall was my worship pastor. And I'm like, Doug, what are you doing? Doug was single. Doug was alone. And all he did is sit up against that wall all day long and watch people go and come because he had what? A longing for belonging in his heart. And he thought, maybe if I just go stand in the crowd... It, it, it kind of broke my heart. You know that? I'm telling you, that is the story of every single person's life. And when I talk about community, community is where you know and you're known, where you love and are loved. Roof off, walls down. Transparent humanity, genuine humility, absolute honesty. That's community. People know you and love you the way you are, and they love you too much to leave you there, right? So they're with you. Anybody ever heard of Larry Crabb? Fantastic, great, great Christian counselor, writer, influenced generations of people, wrote some of the best-selling books on Christian counseling, and then he got to be about 60 years old. You know what he did? He totally shifted his focus, and he said, I'm not sure people need in the counseling anymore. You know what they need more than anything else? You ready? Community. So he spent the whole last part of his career, the whole last part of his publishing life, the whole part, last part of the equipping life is trying to get people to get into community where you know and you're known, where you love and you're loved. Friends, we are better together, and we need people to walk with us. That's why if you're in a class and your class does this journey, get into groups of 10 within it. You can't do it in groups of 20. It doesn't work that way. Okay, friends. Because we're better together, the second thing I want you to hear is I need others to work with me. 
Optimal performance happens when we do it together. We are better together. What's the acrostic for team? Together, everyone accomplishes what? More. Go back to my opening illustration. How many parts of my body were necessary for the saving event? The answer is all of them. That's why in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says this. Foot can't save the hand. I don't need you. Yes, you do. I can't say to you, you're not important. Yes, you are. You don't say it to yourself either, friends. In fact, the teaching of 1 Corinthians 12 is the part we think is the least. In actuality is what? It's the most. And I'm, I'm telling you, friends, every single person in here today is vital. Vital to the big plan. Vital to the big mission. Vital to the greater goal. And even though we have different roles, we have equal importance. What if the whole body were a nose? Can you imagine? What if the whole body were an ear? What if everybody was Tom Lipsy? Oh my gosh. Help us. Please, right? I like what Ephesians 2.10 says. It says, for we, plural, are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance. And only as each part does its part are we optimally effective. Our optimal life, our optimal witness, our optimal growth, our optimal service, our optimal outreach. You ready? It happens together. And I don't want to alarm anybody, but I want to know if you've seen this. I said it earlier, but it's, it's getting worse in my opinion. Pastor Joe is really, really overwhelmed. We've had eight people die since December. And his smile is gone. It concerns me. What does Joe need? He needs people to hold his arms up. That's what he needs. A Ben, a Ben and a her, and a, an Aaron and a her. I don't know if you know this. I shared this before. I'm not trying to be an alarmist. Pastor Janelle ended up in the hospital not too long ago. One reason. Stress. What does she need? What does she need, church? She needs people to share the load. She needs people to walk along. See, I'm just telling you, it's a picture of all of us. It's a picture of every, and part of reversing the curse is everybody participating. Stop sitting around saving serve us and stand up and say serve is. you got a sweet spot, friends. You know that? you got a gift that the body needs. That the Lord wants in order for us to be more effective. And there's nothing like the body of Jesus Christ when everybody's doing their part. You ever heard of the Pareto principle? Pareto was an Italian economist. He's the one that came up with the 2080 concept. 20% of the people normally do what? 80% of the work. 20% of the people normally give what? 80% of what it takes. Hey, how about 100 100? Amen? Amen? Let's reverse the curse. Let's be the different church where somebody walk in here and fall on their face because the body of Christ is united and everybody's using their gift and God is getting the glory. Amen? That's the kind of church I want to be in. That's the kind of church I believe God is calling every single one of us to be a part of today. You know, snowflake by itself, it's not very effective, but put a bunch together, you got what? 
You got an avalanche. You got an avalanche, friends. And how many hours do you think it takes to pull off a weekend here? How many? You wouldn't believe how many. But what if everybody pulled, everybody participated, everybody labored, everybody did what was sweet for them? And I believe today community is God's answer for fatigue. I say about my own self, I don't have to do it all. I can't, but i got to make sure it gets done. I need you. We need each other, and we don't need to wear each other out. And, friends, part of the community is that we're going to go out and serve them. Our plan is to organize for service projects. Why? Because you were created for good works in Christ Jesus. He prepared in advance. That's why. That's why. We're going to do two kinds of service projects. One is we've identified Latrobe Street Mission as a place that needs our support. I'm telling you, that is a great place. It's a great place. So we're meeting again this week with Steve, the new director. You think 700 people could make a difference? I think so. Another project will be for your group to start praying the day you start getting together. Lord, what would you have us do? Who would you have us touch? I'm going to tell you, that's going to be fun too. You're going to be amazed at what he does. Some of it's going to be a single parent or an elderly person or somebody who's homeless or without a job or somebody who's struggling with an illness. I've seen churches do this. It is amazing. It is absolutely amazing what the Lord will begin to do. And let's just see if we're learning. Good news, good, good deeds creates what? Goodwill opens the door for what? Good news. Absolutely. Galatians 6 and 10 says, Therefore, as you have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Okay, because we need each other, here's another thing. I need others to watch out for me in life. Can I get really honest here today? I need people in my life that are going to protect me, defend me, and promote me, not pummel me. Do you? (laughs) Do you? Acts chapter 9, one of the greatest pictures of redemption and a mission and a ministry taken off ever. Saul has an encounter with the Lord on the Damascus Road. He becomes a believer. Saul, the persecutor of the church. Saul, the murderer of Christians. He stands up. He preaches to the Jerusalem believers, and they're going, get out of here, pal. We don't believe. (laughs) We know who you are. And look at what Acts 9.27 says. But Barnabas took him, and I believe with his arm around him, brought him to the apostles, told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord, how in Damascus he had preached fiercely in the name of Jesus, and there was birthed one of the greatest ministries ever, 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 ever. And I like to ask people the question, what if Barnabas hadn't been there? And everybody had been judgmental and held the man to his past instead of who God had made him to be. Can you tell me today what's the message behind the paralytic with four friends? What's the message? Everybody needs four friends that will tear the roof open to get you in front of Jesus. That's the message. Amen? We all have paralysis of some kind. I've shared with you before, early in my ministry, early, in my early 20s, I lost everything, and I mean everything, everything. But there was a couple, David and Pat McAdoo, had me into their home every single week, loved me, encouraged me, supported me, prayed over me. You think that's what I needed? You see, life's not kind sometimes. Life's not fair. I had another season in my life, and I'm serious. I wanted to die. I wanted to die. 
I didn't think about taking my life, but I, I, I very quickly prayed. If you want to, God, go ahead. You know, I had five men, five men who did not give up on me. Five men who loved me. Five men who met with me. Five men. I'm here today, friends, because I learned a long time ago. I need people to stand with me. Do you? I need people who believe and who promote and, and who encourage and who support. We're all the same. Walk with the wise and what? You'll be wise. Walk with the fools and what? You'll be a fool. The biggest fool in the room is if somebody's trying to do it on their own. Independently instead of interdependently. I recently had a friend drive through here from Cincinnati. And we sat down there and had breakfast at the Blennerhassett. And he told me some stupid thing that he was thinking about doing. I leaned over the table and I said, that is stupid. (laughs) Do you know he didn't do it? And he really didn't want to do it. He just needed somebody to say, hey. And the last time I checked... Last time I checked, every one of us is one decision away from ruining everything. Everything. And that's why we need accountability. That's why we need people that will speak into our lives. The Word of God says in Proverbs, faithful are the wounds of a friend. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. And they'll tell you when you got broccoli in your teeth. They'll tell you when your flies open. Think about that as a pastor, okay? No, don't think too hard. It's crazy. See, friends, we, we need other people. Here's the reason why. We have blind spots. Every single one of us has it. And true community is going to help you. You've seen those neighborhood watch signs? Are they here? We got your stuff covered. We got your property protected. Well, how about this? What about my soul, my heart, and my back? That's what I need. I need a brother who says, I'm with you. I'm in it thick and thin. And we need people that will watch out and protect us, protect us, promote us, defend us. And friends, community is God's answer for accountability. Okay, here's another thing. Because we need each other. Number four, I need others to wait with me and I need them to weep with me. Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice, but weep with those who weep. And here's the deal. Some things ought never be faced alone. And I'm talking about the inevitable crises that every person is subjected to, like hospital, like funeral, like job loss. And friends, others are the safety net to help carry us through. One of my favorite verses in all the New Testament is Galatians 6, chapter chapter 6, verse 2. And I want you to see what it says. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will what? You will fulfill. In other words, friends, you can reduce this book to one thing. What? Carry each other's burdens. Be a friend who loves at all times. Be a brother who's born for adversity. Be someone who says, I'm there, I care. I'm not here to fix it. I'm here to be with you. Right? That's what we're talking about here. You can't do that in a crowd. But you can to do that in a community, friends. Did I ask you? I get my services confused. About the neighborhood watch sign? I just did that. That's a good point. 
You can cover my stuff, but what about my back? What about my heart? What about my life? I need others to weep with me. I need others to wait with me. The Bible says when one part suffers, then what? Everybody suffers. You know, the president of AT&T was a man who had thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people underneath him. And he got really, really, really sick back in the 90s. You know, one person came to see him in the hospital. You know who it was? It's his wife. Isn't that amazing? I need others to wait with me. I need others to weep with me. And because we need each other, here's the last thing I want you to talk about, is I need others to witness with me. We have a life message that the world needs, church. And in Matthew 28, Jesus said, go, all of you go. Don't sit and stay. Get up and go. And go together. That's what he says, plural. And do what? Make disciples. Share, care, and declare together the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ because there is great power, follow me, in a group witness. So I go back to my conversion 44 years ago when I chased the brunette to Gatlinburg. And I got on the bus, and you know what I found? Community. I found a corporate witness I never saw in church. And it drew me in. Any of my Bolivia buddies here today? Rick, you remember in two days they asked us what? Would you please come back? Isn't that right, Phil? I'm telling you there is power in corporate witness. And we cannot do it alone, but it turns the head of the culture. They don't, they're not going to turn over the way we sing. Sorry, Melissa. I love to sing, too. They're not going to turn over the programs. They're not going to turn over the preaching. Their head will be turned over the amazing love that loves them just like they are, but loves them too much to leave them there. So if you want to, you can sit and be independent. But here's what I want you to know. Other people's lives are at stake. And for that fact, so is yours. So the next seven weeks... I think it should be nothing less than a revolution of love in all of its abundance. With me? Here's what I believe in closing. It can't happen unless you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It can't happen. You know, today is a fantastic day to say, I want to be in the community of faith. Maybe you haven't been in a community because it's not your heart yet. But maybe today you're going, I want to be. Today's a fantastic day to say, I need to admit my sin before God. It simply means I missed the mark. I have not lived to the standard. No one has joined the crowd. Fantastic day to say, to say I believe today Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's the answer to community. He's the answer to my sin. He's my Savior. I make a commitment today to follow Christ because he followed after me like the hound of heaven. He didn't get up until, didn't give up until he caught me. So maybe that's the way we'd start our journey today. Maybe today you'd go, I'm going to trade my religion for a relationship. I'm not talking about church, folks. I'm talking about something very intimate and personal that only God can do in your life. But he can't do it 
unless you acknowledge. And maybe today you would say, I want to be part of this greater journey of doing life together. Won't you join us? Remember, there's a spot for everybody. There's a place for every... I'll read my devotion every day. I'll come to church every week for the next eight weeks. I'll be part of a life group. I'll pray. I'll, I'll serve in, a, in, a, in an outreach of some kind or an inreach. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the amazing community that you've made us a part of. Once we were not a people, now we're the people of God. Once we had no hope, we were dead in the trespass of our sin, and today we have all the hope in the world. Life in all of its fullness. Father, I pray today for anyone who would acknowledge their need for a Savior. Who would take the first step to believe Jesus is the Christ. To commit to follow. To experience community with the living God. Father, I pray for all of us here to not live independently. Simply follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit to share life together. God, move over us. Holy Spirit, please. We pray all this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.